Good to see everyone here today. And I want to tell you that this week, it just really struck me um, how this idea of thoughtfulness is something that my heart, my mind is, is focused on a lot. And I'm telling you, daily. Daily, I think about this idea of thoughtfulness. And there's basically two reasons why. Number one, I look at the news every day. Anyone look at the news? I mean, you might not see thoughtfulness. You might see the opposite of thoughtfulness. But I do look at the news every day. And I'm the type of person that loves to just do like, you know, CNN, Yahoo, Fox. I want to look at all of it, right? And just see all the differences. So without a doubt, that's one. The second thing is, is every day I study theology. Every day I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading books, I'm preparing for something. And so every day I'm doing that as well. And that's another area. It's another area where there could be a lot of division and contention and not always a lot of thoughtfulness. So, so I just wanna start off right now, just right off the bat by saying this, that it seems like being thoughtful towards those that hold differing views is difficult in our culture. How many of you would agree with that? Do you agree that's kind of a difficulty? If you, okay, it seems like when you're looking at news, looking at theology, looking at other areas, there's so much contention and it's so difficult for us to be thoughtful to one another. And the gap in some ways seems to be like growing around us. I mean, taking sides and feeling the need to kind of white knuckle it on my side and hold on no matter what to my side. I mean, What's going on with these two people right now? What's going on? I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I can't even figure out what's happening. Is the, is the person on the right this racist bigot that wants to take America back to the dark ages? Or is he the greatest president our country has ever seen? And, and the one on the right, is she this liberal communist who hates America? Or is she the answer that this country needs to move into the future and to move away from this white power, male, oppressive reality of America that has been oppressing the marginalized for all these years? I mean, I brought those two people up there and put that on there because I just wanted to challenge us to sit there and go, I bet you that it created some sort of an emotion in you. Whether you were blood started boiling at one of them or you wanted to stand up and cheer for the other one, I don't even wanna know who's who. But I'm sure it covered a lot. And that's why I wanted it up there. And it's not just a political gap. This reality that's going on is inking its way into the church and causing a gap as well. I mean, look at this picture that I saw recently. Friendship Baptist Church. America, love it or leave it. Doesn't sound that friendly in my opinion, number one and doesn't seem to be that thoughtful. So that's what we're putting on our church signs now. How interesting. Now, as we talk about thoughtfulness, I wanna tell you what we're not doing. We are not gonna be talking about politics today. We're not gonna be talking about politics. I just wanted to use that as an example of a divide that so many people have opinions on. I could have focused more on theology. We're not even gonna focus on that because there's a very, divide going on there, as I mentioned, when it comes to theology and talking a lot, causing a lot of division and finger pointing, just like politics does. Uh, we could be talking about human rights issues. It seems to be on the forefront of a lot of people's hearts and minds right now. Or we could have at least just as easily talked about the family 
and the divide that's going on in the family and in relationships where no doubt there could be a lot of struggles to be thoughtful towards others, even in your own home. We're not necessarily talking about any of those things. Well, at the same time, we're kind of talking about all of them. Because I just want us to consider thoughtfulness. And as you consider it in your life, I want you to think through what area in your life might you struggle with this? What area might you need to apply it in? I mean, the bottom line is I think it should be applied in every area of our lives. It should be the focus that we have with everything. Why? Because I believe at the very foundation of the heart and the attitude of Jesus is thoughtfulness. When you think of the good news, the gospel, what Jesus came to bring to this world, it was an attitude of thoughtfulness. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you shall look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to talk about how he became a man, humbled himself to the point of death on the cross, and he died and he paid for the sins of the world. So no doubt, I believe that this attitude of thoughtfulness is the very attitude of Jesus. It's the very attitude that he wants us to have. So in many ways, I kind of hope we can put our politics aside and in a way we can put our theology aside. And this morning, we just might think, how might I become a more thoughtful person? How might I become a more thoughtful person? I'm not gonna be asking anyone to switch sides today. Whatever it is you might be thinking about, you're not gonna be asked to switch sides. I'm not asking anyone to come on over to the dark side or to go into the light, my child. None of that. Wherever you are, whatever side you might stand on, whatever truths you might focus on, whatever agendas you find yourself captured by, and whatever concerns you have or whatever struggles you might be going through at home, at work, or at school, are you willing to at least consider how might I become a more thoughtful person? If you have your booklet with you from our, our worksheet, this is week five, if you remember, I, I kind of went backwards on that. But on this left side, you have an open notes section, but you also have this main thing right here in the middle. If you don't have your booklet, you can pull out your phone, pull out your brain. If you just like thinking about things and not writing it down, that's okay too. And I just want you to answer this question. What does it mean to be thoughtful? What does it mean to be thoughtful? You could do maybe, I challenge you to try to do a couple words, like instead of maybe a whole sentence, just what are a couple words that come to mind when you think of being thoughtful? So we're just gonna do that for one minute. What does it mean to be thoughtful? Write your thoughts down, or you can talk to someone next to you. If you guys wanna talk about it, that's totally fine too. You just got a minute, go. It's kind of cool. I had, I had some people come up to me and uh, just say, I thought of this word. I thought of this word. I kind of wish we could just open it up and just kind of say, hey, give me a word, you know, but I hope it got you thinking about how you would define thoughtfulness. Because what I want to do is I want to spend the rest of our time together with a couple thoughts that I've been thinking about over the years. Thoughts that have made me kind of wrestling with my own area of thoughtfulness and the lack thereof. And, and I hope maybe these areas might 
impact you as well and get you some things to consider. First of all is this, is that growing in thoughtfulness takes listening to stories instead of jumping to conclusions. Growing in thoughtfulness takes listening to stories instead of jumping to conclusions. This has been a, a become really a big deal in my life. I've found that listening to stories have helped me to, in a sense, like not judge a book by its cover. Because it's easy to do that. It's easy to not realize that people have stories about how they got to where they got to. It's always been a journey. It's a journey for everyone. There's a journey based on your past and experiences and so many different things. And I think listening to people's stories is huge and it needs to be applied in so many different areas. And because it's so important, because when it comes to things like politics or when it comes to things like theology, if you meet someone and they identify themselves either with a party or with a theological bent, we might be able to find ourselves assuming and concluding this whole list of things about them that just might not be true. Just might not be true. Because they say they're affiliated with this or affiliated with that, doesn't mean that everything that you then conclude about them is true. I mean, what about at home? Think of your own house. Have you ever jumped way too fast to a conclusion maybe to your spouse or to your kids or to your parents, and you later wish you would have listened a little more? Has that ever happened to anyone? You jump to a conclusion and you said, hmm, should have listened a little bit more to that. I mean, there's been so many times I've gone into my bedroom after getting in a little argument maybe with my kid and just going like, man, I didn't even listen to them. Or you have this understanding of your spouse, right? So as soon as they stop t start talking, and my wife will tell you I'm awesome at this, yeah, 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 I get it, just, just get to the point. I found that doesn't go over very well in my house, right? Just jumping to the conclusion and not listening to stories. Proverbs 18, 13 says this, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. He who answers before listening. I have fallen into that trap way too often. And to, and to really be willing to stop, to stop from needing to share my opinion or fight for my way hasn't always come easy for me. And to really listen, to listen to someone's story. And I've found that if I can focus on that, it's helped me. It's helped me to not jump to conclusions. It's helped me to not label people as much by listening to their story. About five years ago, uh, this book came out and, and I, I decided to read it. And it's by this theologian who over the last 20 years of my Christian life, especially you know, 10, 15, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this guy in my theological circles was like a heretic from the devil going straight to hell kind of guy. Seriously, I mean, he was spoken down about. Don't, do not read this guy. Well, he just died a few years ago. He's like 80 something, 88, 89 years old. And he wrote this book. And this book was about his life journey in his pursuit of God and theology and wrestling with his doubts. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna read this book. And I wanna tell you something. His journey with God was simply beautiful. It put me in tears while I read this. 
It made me understand different ideas about his struggles, his doubts, his intellectual pursuits, and how he had to tie those things in with his theological pursuits. And it was simply beautiful. And I began to understand how he came to some of the theological views that I don't hold to. It actually got me to read a few of his books since then. And I tell you, this guy has enriched my soul and challenged me to love God and love people in a deeper way. I also love listening to social and human rights activists, reading stories or listening to talks of these activists that are talking about their passions and their concerns about people and standing up for the marginalized and the oppressed in our society. And I hear them talking about their, that they're trying to be more thoughtful towards their opponents that they face. And one woman that I was listening to this week said this, stories can turn strangers into brothers and sisters. And she went on to talk about that those that cause hurt, the activism that she stands opposed to, those that cause hurt, she finds out, has usually been hurt themselves. And they've experienced their own hurt. So she went on to say that we need to listen and attend to the wounds of our opponents instead of wanting to wound them back. How powerful is that? It just made me sit and think and be it all. Are you a listener? Are you a listener without jumping to conclusions? At the first statement you hear, there you then identify this person as this or that or another thing. I have them all figured out in that one thing they said. Are you willing to listen to stories and not jump to conclusions so fast? James chapter one, verse 19 says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Let that passage sink in a bit. Because, because I know for me, when I'm quick to get angry, I probably didn't listen much. Especially in my home probably didn't listen much. I probably jumped to conclusions and I talked way too fast. And sometimes my certainty about everything, that I got it all figured out, hasn't led me to be a very thoughtful person. But I'm finding that if I want to listen to more and listen to the story, listen to the journey, it helps me become a little bit more of a thoughtful person. And that leads us to the second thing, is that growing in thoughtfulness takes seeking understanding instead of focusing on convincing. It's really listening to the story to understand, not just to convince. I, I can say the more certain I feel about things, the more I feel convinced to try to, or, or, or kind of compelled to try to convince everyone to see it my way, because the way I see it is the right way. And you should all see it too. And if I can't convince you to see it my way, I at least want to prove to you that your way is ridiculous and wrong. Have you ever felt that way? Or have you ever felt someone doing that towards you? Where you just feel that no matter what I say, they just got an answer instantly. Like it's like we're not even in a conversation. 
We're in more like a debate battle. And it doesn't matter what I say, they have something coming back. And, and moving away from that. And really seeking to understand instead of convince can help us to become more thoughtful. It could be a more thoughtful approach to people that are different, that have a different journey than I have, see things differently than the way I do. And I don't do that very well all the time. As a matter of fact, over the years, I've been called by multiple family members and friends, the great contrarian. And, and I'm kind of realizing that might not be a compliment. I used to think it was, but I've realized it's probably not. It's probably because I always have an opinion, I always have a thought, and I always want to make sure they know what it is. So this has been challenging for me. Proverbs 18.2 says, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I'm gonna read it again. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in just airing, expressing, telling his own opinions. About a year ago, I think it was a year ago or two, I think it was last year, I had my annual review here um, as a pastor, my annual review, and um, got perfect scores on everything. Why are you laughing? <laughs> but, at, but I had one lower score, and the one lower one was that I was kind of told that I can sometimes make people feel a bit overwhelmed by my opinions and, and kind of feeling like I kind of know it and my way to see things is right, and it, they, they feel kind of... Pre- we're talking about staff and people that I work with. And you know what? It was so right. And, and, I've, and that's been in my mind ever since then. And, and the reality that I can get defensive and can get a little overwhelming when I feel like I see something in a way that everyone should see it. And I, and I hope that I've taken that to heart and, and growing in that area. You know, my review's coming up, so I'm a little nervous about that. But <laughs> I, 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 I still remember when my son was in seventh grade. He's 21 years old right now. And he said this, what do you want me to say, dad? Either I agree with you or you will tell me why I'm wrong. I'll never forget that moment. I answered him by saying, no, I won't. And he pointed out I just did. <laughs> he was so right. Have you ever experienced someone like that? Have you ever been someone like that? Not really that thoughtful, always having an answer, no matter what someone says, they got an answer. They're not really gonna listen or even try to pay attention to how you see things or what it means to you. But here's the kicker. The kicker is that we have to understand and this is important, that the only way to peace and unity is not when we all start thinking like me. If you think peace and unity in culture and in the world is only gonna come when everyone just aligns themselves with the same thing, we're wrong. Because that's never been the case and it never will be the case, right? We're gonna all have different ways of seeing things and different ways of looking at things. So we gotta sit there and understand that that the idea and the end result is not everyone's gone that's not like me and I'm just gonna be in a a group of a whole bunch of people like me. That's not the case. So here's the last thing I want us to think about is that growing in thoughtfulness takes accepting those that are different instead of rejecting them. The idea of only accepting them if they turn to my side and become like me isn't gonna create peace and unity. You see, if I'm only listening to stories and I'm acting as though I want to understand, but inside I'm just waiting for my turn to convince them, 
And, and if they don't fall in line with the way I see things, we might not even be able to have a real relationship. That is the opposite of thoughtful. That's called manipulation. That means I'm going to listen to their stories and I'm going to try to understand them so that I can make my point and they can think I care. I mean, it's, a, it, it's very difficult to really become thoughtful. And no passage sums up thoughtfulness more, in my opinion, than Romans chapter 15. I was going to read the whole thing. There's so much in there. But check out just verse 5 and verse 7. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring, bring praise to God. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. That, that is a controversial thought. It's a controversial statement. We struggle with this. We struggle with that idea in our homes, with our own family members, in our churches, amongst believers, in our neighborhoods, in our country, and around the world. The understanding or the thought of accepting as Christ accepted us. And I love how it says in that Romans 15, that may God give us endurance and encouragement. I want to tell you, as a follower of Jesus, and if you're a follower of Jesus here, we should have the security and confidence to be the most thoughtful people in the world. We are loved by God through Christ. That should give us an understanding and love and grace and mercy that should impact us so deeply that I have all the encouragement and the strength and the endurance to love and accept like God loved and accepted me through Christ to show grace, mercy, and love, and that it's available to all in and through Christ. That's the good news. That's the message. That's the cause of Christ. That's what this shirt is about, that all people are my kind of people. Because all people are people that we see as being loved by God and can come and understand and receive that love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness in and through Christ. Everybody. And so all people are my kind of people. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, For in Christ, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians 5 is another passage. I, I just trying to narrow down, and this is the one. So I want us to take this one last minute together in your workbook or talking with the person next to you. And I want you to just ask this question, who do I need to be more thoughtful towards? And on this, you have bucket list. It could be a person. It could be someone at your home. It could be someone at work or school or a sports team. It could be a system. It could be like, I just need to be more, I just need to be more thoughtful of those that are politically different than me or religiously different from me or whatever it might be. Whatever it is, who, who do I need to be more thoughtful towards? And maybe you have to talk to someone so that the talk about it might be there. Or maybe you need to talk to the person itself or you need to talk to the people around you like just be accountable to someone. So I just want you to feel that. I want you to think about that. And so we're just gonna take a minute and I just challenge you, write down a person, a thought, a system. What is it that you find yourself needing to maybe listen to stories more, seek to understand and seek to accept even if you stay different for the rest of your lives. Go ahead and write that down. You have a minute. I want to close our time together with a quote I heard at the beginning of the year. You might agree with this quote. 
And you might disagree with this quote, but I want to tell you one thing, that this quote has challenged me in the area of thoughtfulness as much as any quote I've read this year, and I hope it might you as well. It says this, the only true heresy is failing to love like Jesus. Doctrines are worthless if they don't form us into people who love like Jesus. The heretic isn't the one who asks taboo questions. It's the one who decides who is worthy of God's love and who isn't. Father, help us to be people that are thoughtful. Thoughtful in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at our places of work and school. Thoughtful in our communities, in our country and around the world. The understanding that we are loved by you through Christ should give us this confidence that we can be thoughtful towards others. May you give us the ability to listen, to understand, and to accept even those that aren't like us. For that is what you have done to us. And it's a beautiful, beautiful hope. So may your kingdom come and your will be done in and through our lives as being done in heaven. May you receive all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name, amen.